0: The questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth.
1: Welcome to Veritas.
0: Tonight we have a mind-blowing episode of Veritas. We are joined by a man who isn't afraid to ask the tough questions and uncover the truth. He's a fearless truth seeker. Mr. Trevor Lauten is the author of four books, three films, and host of Counterpunch on the Epic Times. Trevor has spent years delving into the dark underbelly of politics, but his uncovered will leave you stunned. The U.S. Senate, a key governing body with immense influence over foreign policy and negotiations with foreign powers, may have been infiltrated by domestic radicals or foreign enemies of the country. With no background checks or regulations on Congress members, senators, or other staff, the possibility of infiltration is a chilling reality. If an enemy nation wanted to bring America to its knees, it would be easier to buy or compromise politicians to control government decisions rather than engage in a costly trade war or start a shooting war. Despite politicians being suspected of working for foreign powers, they go unaccountable, while U.S. politicians face false charges. The alarm bells ring even louder when we consider that American communists may have infiltrated the Democratic Party and now hold positions in Congress with access to confidential information, taxpayer money, and sensitive information. Get ready as we unravel the truth about political infiltration, espionage, and treason in the U.S. Senate. It's time to ask the question, who is really in control of our government? Join us and find out what you need to know to protect our country and our freedom. This is an interview you won't want to miss.
1: You are listening to Veritas, If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have Rebounders, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at VeritasRadio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hasselwick
0: I would like to apologize that we had technical difficulties at the beginning of the program. Unfortunately, a few minutes of the introduction with Trevor Loughton were lost. But thanks to our backup system, the majority of the interview was recovered. The missing section includes... Trevor's answer to my questions about how he first got interested in politics and his research into radicals and subversives, as well as what he hopes people will take away from his work. His latest book is titled Security Risk Senators. Luckily, we just lost a couple of minutes. So let's now listen to the interview.
2: The Communist Party, the Socialist Unity Party for our security services. And he was actually sent to Moscow to train in October 1983 at Lenin's Institute for Higher Learning. This was 3,500 students from all over the world in a great big old villa, a former Tsarist villa on Leningradsky Prospect in Moscow. And they had tutors. They were, These were the future revolutionaries of the world. And New Zealand's anti-nuclear legislation was planned at that school in Moscow. They planned it, 100%. They came up with all these slogans, you know, um, They that you know, New Zealand is standing against the nuclear arms race, New Zealand is standing up for peace, New Zealand is striking an independent foreign policy course. They took, the communists took these back to New Zealand. They had secret meetings with the Labour Party, the labor unions which they controlled, the peace movement which they controlled, and they passed that legislation in a few months. And hardly one New Zealander in 5 million had any idea these policies came directly from Moscow. What I was taught, really, is that most of what we see coming out of the Democratic Party, uh, Obamacare, nuclear deal with Iran, open borders, end of fracking, all of this kind of thing, All is communist policy. It's all communist. The same in the Canadian Liberal Party, the British Labour Party, the the German Social Democratic Party. The communists in conjunction with Moscow or Beijing come up with a policy. They make it Labour Union policy and the Labour unions make it Democrat policy. While Obama or Biden is in power, the communists are running this country and they are answerable to Xi Jinping right now. Xi Jinping is effectively running this country right now. So that's what got me on the path of studying this. And I've been studying this since the 1980s, interviewing former intelligence officers, former KGB officers, doing thousands of hours of archival research and thousands of hours of internet research. And so this is what has got me to where I am today.
0: I remember I spent time in in the Far East, in the mid-90s. And I remember in Hong Kong, I lived there for some time. And in 1996, I remember buying these souvenir T-shirts that I still have, where they're painting the British flag to the Chinese flag. And this is why I chose the Soviet flag painting over the United States flag for the promotional image of our interview tonight. But since you're originally from New Zealand, Trevor, recently Jacinda Ardern, The step down as the Prime Minister. She was a participant in the World Economic Forum, Young Global Leaders Program. As a political commentator, what are your thoughts on her time in office and her quote-unquote legacy, if any, in New Zealand politics?
2: She was more than that. She was also the international president of the World Socialist Youth in 2010. That is the youth wing of the Socialist International. And that is a communist organization. Communist China was an observer. Many of the old communist parties of Eastern Europe were part of that. The Sandinistas were part of that. So she was head of an international communist organization. And there are numerous um, videos online of her at these big meetings in Hungary going, comrade this, comrade this, comrade this. She's a Marxist. She was put in power her, her um, original campaign manager when she first stood for parliament was a Maoist, a hardcore Maoist. She was put in power to bring socialism, push New Zealand down the socialist road. She's in, introduced incredibly divisive racial policies, uh, de- incredibly destructive economic policies. The COVID was just the time of her life because it gave her an excuse to um, push all of this Marxist stuff. All of the horrible lockdowns that she did didn't save New Zealand anything. It just delayed the COVID by two years, but it just wrecked the economy. So she's a Marxist. Now she stood down. Her last day was on my birthday. That was a great president, present. But the current prime minister, Chris Hipkins, also comes from the Maoist political circles in New Zealand. And he's already backtracking on some of Jacinda's worst policies but only because it's election the year this year. Chris Hipkins um, went to China. He's got a big partnership going with the Communist Chinese on education. He was the New Zealand Minister of Education until recently. Um, he had a big webinar with the Communist Chinese just a couple of months ago to enforce New Zealand's educational partnership with China. So, yeah, we are are coming under very much under Chinese control right now, and that's been guided by the Labor Party, the socialists that are in power, and um, to some degree by the conservatives, because some of the conservatives are in China's pocket as well. So, yeah, um, I'd rather have Chris Hipkins than Jacinda Ardern, but then I'd rather have cancer than AIDS, (laughs) if, if you get my analogy.
0: Well, I've heard actually that Chris Hipkins is even more radical. It's almost like Hugo Chavez going to Maduro. But why did Jacinda step down? What was the motivation? Who pushed her out?
2: Well, I think she was just so incredibly unpopular. She went from being very popular to just hated. You know, her her, um, lockdown policies, her condescension, her arrogance. She was the one who said publicly, she said, don't trust what you read on the internet about the COVID. The government should be your only source of truth. Yeah. And she said that without a, a touch of irony. She, she believed this stuff. She was just very unpopular. She, she was going to lose the next election big time. And I think the Labor Party said to her, look, Jacinda, you got to go. Go and work in the United Nations like, like uh, your mentor, Helen Clark who was number three in the United Nations and another Maoist by the way. Um, and we'll put somebody a fresh face in Now, Hipkins is just as radical as Jacinda Ardern, but he's a fresh face. He's a sort of, you know, a, a more fresh. It looks like a schoolboy. It looks like a, um, it looks like about a senior in high school. And, um, and he's backtrack on some of her policies. They're going to try and get elected, and then they'll go back to follow on communism again if they get elected.
0: I remember how dictatorial it became there in, in, in New Zealand and Australia. And I remember, as you said, the condescension that she had with people. I just thought, from this part of the world, I'm thinking, if I were in New Zealand, I couldn't take this. But not far from that country, Australia. We have many listeners from, from that part of the world, too. These two countries have become almost dictatorial. Who's behind this, and what is the end goal?
2: Well, you the Australians just elected Albanese, who had a history with the Australian Communist Party. He is a hardcore leftist, and he's already making friendly with China. You know, Scott Morrison, the previous guy, was a, a Christian conservative what you would call here probably you know a mitt romney type would be you know most americans would understand that analogy not particularly tough not particularly strong he did make some stands against china um he did do some good stuff but not enough to really differentiate him now now australia's on a very dangerous path the the racial division is going to amp up tremendously see this is Wherever you find racial division, you find communists, and we're seeing that in Australia right now. We're seeing that in New Zealand right now. The communists stir up racial hatred. That's what they do, and and Albanese is doing that in Australia. He's cozying up to China. You'll you'll I'll say this. The the this is what I say all around the world. You'll find that the states and the countries that had the harshest lockdowns during COVID were all the states and countries that had the most Chinese influence. Now in Australia, the very worst lockdowns were in Victoria. That's the state of Australia where Melbourne is situated. And that's run by the left. That's the that's the California of Australia. And the Premier of that state, the Labour Premier, actually invited the Chinese Belt and Road into Victoria, not Australia, into Victoria. And Victoria is notorious for its domination by the communist-dominated unions. So what the Chinese did, they spread the COVID around the world, then they used their subservient politicians and the unions they control to keep the lockdowns going as long and hard as they could. That's why we had bad lockdowns in New Zealand because we got communist controlled unions and the Chinese have huge influence in the country. That's why um, Victoria had the worst lockdowns in Australia. That's why Sweden had the lightest lockdowns in Europe because they have the least Chinese influence. You know, this is, this is, but that, that's what we saw in New Zealand, the, in Australia. The Chinese have huge influence and is increasing while the left is in power. But it still makes way – it still makes hay while well, well, the conservatives are in power because, you know, they get, the, they get the left through money and ideology and they get the right, the conservatives, through money. But um, so uh, it's not just a matter of getting the left out of power. You've got to get the Chinese sympathizers out of your conservative governments as well. And we see that in America with Mitch McConnell, yes. for instance who is completely in bed with China and does everything he can to sabotage an America first MAGA type agenda.
0: Do you think COVID was a beta test experiment to, to see how far governments could go? A test run towards global communism?
2: Well... Yeah, I think it was that. I think it was a, it was a it was a test run. It was a um a bio- it was an attack on Trump. It was time for election year. It was time to cut the U.S. military budget and screw up the election. But here here's here's the here's the thing. That was an epidemic, a pandemic that was killing one or two percent of those that were infected. What if we get one that kills six or seven or eight percent? See see. The head of the World Health Organization, the World Health Organization is trying to get itself powers that completely bypasses national sovereignty. So if we have another pandemic, they can tell Australia or Papua New Guinea or Argentina, you do this, 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 and this. And you have no argument against it. It's more or less a world government by default. Well, the head of the World Health Organization is Mr. Tedros from Ethiopia, not even a medical doctor, he's an academic, but he's a former leader of Ethiopia's pro-Chinese Communist Party. He was put in place by the Chinese. He is their puppet, and they have just put in a new a woman called um, Susan Mickey from Britain. Now, she ran the lockdowns in Britain. She was an advisor to Boris Johnson, the conservative, and she pushed lockdowns to the absolute maximum. Now, she's the head of the behavioral sciences unit in the World Health Organization. It's her job to manipulate our psychology to accept further lockdowns, vaccines, whatever the Chinese want to throw at us. Well, Susan Mickey is a leader of the British Communist Party, which is completely loyal to China. The World Health Organization is run by China. They're trying to become a world government to enforce Chinese lockdown policies on the whole planet. This is this is what is happening. And people people know some of the story, but but Susan Mickey is is, is communist royalty. Her parents were were top communists and she was advising the conservative prime minister of britain to to push some of the harshest lockdowns around and the communist party of britain got all of its unions they control the education unions there they control the rail unions the transport unions to keep the lockdowns going and to keep the schools closed And she was a big part of organizing that as well. And now Britain's got another wave of strikes orchestrated by the same communists because they want to bring down the conservative government, one of the last conservative governments left. So, yeah, the the communists are working on the ground all over the world to enforce Chinese policy on all of us.
0: Well, when I think of Klaus Schwab, a pupil of Henry Kissinger, I'm thinking of all these countries, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Great Britain now, and now the USA. I get this question all the time, Trevor. Is there anywhere else to escape to?
2: If there was, I'd already be there. Yeah, you know, People say New Zealand is the safest country in the world. People, a lot of Americans flee to New Zealand. Well, I went the opposite way because if America goes down, nowhere's safe. Nowhere. You know, America is the last stand. We're all depending on what happens in the United States. That's why I came to the United States, because I wanted to help save New Zealand. I wanted to help pay back some of what we owe America for our freedom. You know, America truly is the last stand. If America goes down, the tyrants of the world will run this planet for a thousand years and that that might not hurt affect you but it's gonna affect your kids and your grandchildren there's no question about that and i think you know if you if you will not fight for your kids if you will not fight for your kids freedom and your grandchildren's freedom you do not deserve to be a parent
0: to me the biggest threat trevor and you obviously you mentioned your your ancestors who are thankful for what the united states did to preserve uh, peace and, and freedom And my ancestor who fled communism twice, and here I am trying to prevent it. But it's the people around me that I talk to that I tell them. For years, I tell them, this is what's coming here. Can you smell it? Can you see it? No, you're just exaggerating. You're a conspiracy theorist. It will never happen here. 150 million people died in the 20th century that we know of. How many tests, how many experiments do we have to go through? How many millions of people have to die before the on a week finally wake up.
2: Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? You know, look, before the communists took over Cuba, people say, no, Castro's not a communist. No, don't worry about Castro. He's just trying to stop the corruption. You know, um, but Mao Tolkien's just an agrarian reformer. Um, look, the left spin these lies like crazy. But it's, it's a normal part of its normalcy bias, you know, like before World War